This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Everybody, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris Banky. I'll be your host today. And I've got with me here in our studio in Bend, Oregon, Bobby Hobby. Bobby. How hey, you good. How are you? Good. Doing super good. Um, I seem, it seems like always we're very excited to get to what we're about to talk about. We are. This is a great season. And everything is. we're talking it about is. is amazing. Today is no different. Right. We've got some amazing guests yes, um, that are coming to us from different locations in the world. Bobby, who do we got with us? We've got... Don Elizabeth Enlow with us today, and Don and Christine Potter. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Yeah, great. Good, good. Johnny Elizabeth, you guys are coming to us from uh, Nashville area, right? Absolutely. Franklin, Tennessee, we're doing wonderful. Awesome, awesome. Well, we're so uh, appreciative that you guys would uh, spend some time with us today. We've been talking in the pre-show, and I kind of wish we just would have started 20 minutes before <laughs> because it was super awesome talking about all sorts of different things. But the topic of this podcast is the coming renaissance, and I'm so excited to dig into that. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard the last one, we actually touched on that a little bit. Um, in the last one, but I think we're going to dive in deeply into this one. I'm really excited about it because there's so much that's going on right now that ties us into, and we can use history to somewhat, uh, to some degree as a guide also, um, the past Renaissance and what's, what God is doing right now. So I'm super excited to dig into that. I think Bobby, maybe what we should do is just start off. Maybe you set the foundation, um, the coming Renaissance, a little bit of a foundation. When we say that, what are we talking about? And then I think we can just dig right in um, and hear from uh, the potters and the in-laws. Yeah, the release of innovation and all that God's doing right now, the things that have not entered into the uh, mind of man, so to speak. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart or the mind of man, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, comma, but it has been revealed by his spirit. And so those are the things that God's pouring out right now to those who have eyes to see and ears to hear. That's what it really means to have eyes to see and ears to hear it. So what's heaven saying right now? We want to be on the cutting edge. It's time that the church stop lagging and actually lead the coming Renaissance. And so today we're going to dive in and talk about not only uh, from a hundred thousand foot level, but practically what does it mean to lead a Renaissance? Yeah, come on, come on. So, uh, I know, um, Johnny and Elizabeth, you guys have spoken on the Renaissance and you guys, I think even have written about that in some of your books. So as we're talking about that, you know, kind of as a theme of this podcast, what are your thoughts on that? Like, how would you describe that to the people that may be hearing this uh, for the first time? Well, yes, we do have a book, Seven Mountain Renaissance, and it has a subtitle of Vision and Strategy, um, Vision and Strategy through 2050. And um, that part wow. shocked some people right up front, but it really goes into, uh, as it relates to Renaissance, the original Renaissance was roughly a 300 year period and um, depending who's counting. And 
what was unique about that, the, that period is marked, you know, it's marked as a very creative time that broke, uh, you know, doldrums and really it was after the middle dark ages. And if you uh, analyze what really took place is that the earth had ground to a standstill because the combination of religion, uh, really it's just oppressive religion had 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 essentially weighted down humanity to the point of there is just no joy, no life, no creativity, anything. And so it's really the story of man just breaking off the shackles. It was either die or break off the shackles, break off the yoke of religion and just allow expression to come out. And so way the Lord spoke it to me about the coming Renaissance, that it will be similarly, it's not just going to be a short period of time, but the coming Renaissance uh, where the original Renaissance was about the brilliance of man, and really uh, it brought back to society the seeds and the roots and everything of humanism that till this day dominate. Um, this will be about the brilliance of God. Of course, through his participating sons and daughters, he arises and shines with his glory on us. But this is going to be what marks this differently than any other time ever in history. It's, it's a different setup. It's not just breaking off yoke of religion. It is now breaking off a yoke of humanism, fully partnering, participating with God, knowing it's God, giving him glory. And what begins to come out is an awe factor to society that really uh, uh, shapes the world to come for a minimum of a couple generations. Wow. Yes. Wow. And that sounds amazing. Yes. So Don and Christine, you know, as you're, as you're, you know, hearing that also, I know it. that's right in line with some of the things that we touched at a high level on that last podcast, but what are your, what are your thoughts about that? Well, if there's any question of that, you know, the Lord is taking, uh, I use the word taking, it's, you can't take something you already own, um, something that you already have, or you already control in this, in this hour. Uh, but the, what, the mention of humanism is what we're really facing, you know, without jumping into deep, deep waters, but what the heck, that's where we are now anyways. But Revelation basically shows us that the first beast rises up out of the sea. That means humanity. The first beast uh, with seven heads and, and one and, and um, ten horns and crowns and all this other stuff, that's humanism. It's it's basically humanism. And worse, the second beast is the church's version of humanism. Uh, and so if you're familiar with all of that, it would take a long time to try to whatever. Um, all of those kinds of things are going, they're hitting a wall at this point. That wall is God. He is not allowing it. Anyway, as the first Renaissance started to happen, creativity snuck up underneath it and began to uh, move in a way that nobody could explain it. Um, uh, it's the dark ages, literally. I mean, the church, for lack of a better word for it, really didn't have any legs at all until the 1500s. That's mm -hmm. 1500 years since Christ was here that we were just basically, whoa, two, we call it the two note, the two note song, whoa, whoa, all the time. Uh, and it really took a long time to break that pattern for the church instead of whoa it had to turn into something that you could dance to uh which literally translates putting your feet on the neck of the enemy uh that's why every place you place your foot you take the kingdom of god that's why dancing is a big deal with praise and several other things there's a lot of other parts of this but 
uh, it isn't just creativity that's breaking out. I think we're really, really going to break out. Uh, and first of all, emotionalism is insane at this point in time. We're absolutely out of control with our emotions and, uh, and our histories, our woundedness and abuse. And now I won't get into all of the, the heavy, heavy stuff that's happening on the planet at this point. But, and I've, I may have said this to you guys last time, that no one has said in all of scripture, I love you, Lord, except for David in Psalm 118. Uh, nobody else said that in scripture. Those words, I love you. And it wasn't written in a worship song until 40 years ago or around 40 years ago. And so the fact that God is hearing it all the time now from, from a lot of the newer types, yeah. of, the stuff is stirring in heaven. Something's going on in heaven because God is hearing someone say, I love you. I mean, you can imagine this was a commandment, love the Lord thy God. And yet we haven't found anybody in all of scripture that stood still and said, I love you, Lord. I mean, think about that for a second. Wow. So to think the thoughts of Christ and to ponder on the Renaissance is what is God saying? Can I literally think the thoughts of Christ and then to tag off of what you were saying, Don, to be emotionally healthy enough to know what to do with those thoughts and how to uh, not step in the way of what God's doing. Christine, um, jump off on that. What, what does it mean to be emotionally healthy in this time in order to have the mind of Christ and, and run in the Renaissance? Well, you know, as I said on the other broadcast, I spent so many decades thinking that I had the power to Renaissance me. <laughs> it didn't work uh, very well. Uh, I had no idea that... Um, I could not fix myself. Remember, I thought if I got all the right tools or so or so or so and was really committed, I could make myself into a godlikeness, I suppose. I didn't realize that's what I thought. So for me, emotional health, true emotional health can't be found and stayed in without coming in through the creator and um, coming back to the source, I think, with the religion as the oppressor, and then we cast off religion, and then we think that freedom is no God, and, and it actually freedom is knowing God. And so I'm feeling like with emotional health, um, we have to come further into the willingness, as I said last on the last podcast, it's about remaining to, to find the, the limits that God's created for me, that unique structuring that's me, and then be a being who will be filled with that light and that light of Christ out glowing. So through my uniqueness and how he preordained me to be as that part of the body, that only the willingness to come in and stay in Christ is, is to me is a renaissance that will never stop. Wow. Wow. Good. Mm -hmm. Johnny and Elizabeth, talk about what you see right now. Uh, you've, you've got that, you, you, you put out that book all the way to 2050. Explain some of the renaissance. What does it look like in terms of 7M? What, what, what can we expect in society uh, from, from God's people to start breaking out? Uh, I'll speak into that. Um, you know, first of all, I want to remind those of you that are watching through um, your connection with our, our ministry, Restore 7, 
I want to remind you that Bobby Hobby, who is hosting, and Chris Binky there from Oregon, they partnered with us in our recent Rise Summit. So if they look familiar to you, that's why. <laughs> and, um, you know, when I think of Renaissance, I think of forward motion, and I think of progress. And um, so often we can feel, you know, kind of myopic in our vision, and, and we get, we, we have because things feel familiar and we cycle through patterns and we cycle through seasons and life and in our relationships and in our relationship even with God, that circular pattern can lie to us and say that we're stuck when we aren't. Mm-hmm. And I love the promise that, that that word just just kind of encapsulates it. The Renaissance is the, it's that rebirth and it's that forward motion. It's, it's the kingdom of God is a runaway freight train and it is his government is always only ever increasing in the earth. And whatever is connected to him and his kingdom is always only ever increasing. And I just, I want to even just utilize um, who I see the potters as Don and Christine um, in that context. And oftentimes when I share about, just this idea of, of progress and forward motion and the increase of the kingdom. I talk about how you can just take any one area of our kind of Christian culture and see that progress if you step back and look at it. And one of the areas that I see that in is clearly in in worship. And I remember the very first time that I ever saw the Potter's Minister, and it was on the stage at um, – at uh, Morningstar, but it was before they even acquired the hotel. And it was the time that um, Susie was leading worship with you guys. And was it in the hotel? It was in one of the- No, it wasn't in the hotel where they- uh, The other building. Yeah, it was just a regular hotel. The biggest stage there. And I was way in the back of the room, thousands of people. It's the time that that the smoke literally came. The glory. The glory of God showed up as smoke on the stage and they all like, Dove. <laughs> Your mute is on. Sorry, we switched our, our little podcast uh, earbuds switched off, but can you hear us okay? Yeah, he's great. Okay. We'll just keep going without those. Um, but I remember being in the back of the room and you know, I've worshiped my whole life. I've known Jesus pretty much my whole life and but I never experienced worship like that on so many fronts, you know, just to see um, the freedom and the worship for an audience of one. And I felt like I was watching something that was so intimate. It was almost, um, I was almost embarrassed. And I was thinking, wow, I can't believe that someone worships like they don't care what I think. You know, I was kind of like offended, but at the same time, I was jealous. And I was like, I can't believe somebody's worshiping like they don't care what I think, you know. <laughs> and, and then I uh, just it it so impacted my own relationship with the father and with him through worship and the intimacy that comes. And, you know, the the book that you put out about worshiping for an audience of one and with your back to the, your face to the wall and um, 
you know, that became like a handbook, like a manual, not just for me for a short period of my life when I was tag, you're at the worship leader because we were pastors and we didn't have another worship leader. But, but for all of the subsequent worship leaders that we had, and really it was in, in those places that the Lord downloaded to Johnny all the revelation that we're, that we're running with now um, in that place of intimacy with the Lord. And, you know, on top of that, seeing the two of you minister together and Christine, how you just through the years and even you know, early on in terms of when I first was introduced to you guys, watching you um, be completely free to to play your part of the team that makes up the Potters. You know, you weren't trying to be your husband, but you were fully yourself. And um, in all ways, and just as a woman, that changed something in me that was also significant. It, it spoke to me um, that I had permission to figure out what what my place was in the team of Johnny and Elizabeth, you know, and and it brought such freedom to my heart. And, um, you know, that's just that's just a little taste of so much of, of the revelation that y'all have carried and walked with through the years. But I look at worship and I look at where it's been and where it's headed. And like you said, Don, like just only in the last 40 years have we had this intimate level of worship where it was not singing about him, but singing to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and it makes me excited about where we're headed because Judah goes first. Mm -hmm. And and worship has always been ahead of where we kind of actually are. Mm -hmm. And where worship is right now and seeing the fruit in the, I mean, y'all have sons and daughters worship leaders all over the earth who are are just unveiling aspects of heaven and the father that um are so key to what is next and and our our identity and understanding more of his identity and all of it it's just so connected just hand in glove with the renaissance that I believe is playing out, to answer your question, Bobby, in the Seven Mountains, in these areas of culture that they were never meant to be areas of culture that we just go get her done, that we just go like take over and Christians kind of just show the better way of doing something. It, it's never been about that. It's always been about him and the knowledge of him and the glory of who he is. And and he's he's glorious in terms of, of um worship and and the house of the lord but he's glorious in government and he's glorious in education he's glorious in family and all of these areas of culture were meant to be the way that we um get to know him like habakkuk 2 14 the knowledge of the glory of god filling the earth well it's the fullness of god that we've seen in these moments of worship and intimacy that we're now called to partner with him and display in practical tangible mm -hmm. solutions that are expressions of his love that same love that we find in those intimate places with him is the same love that calls down solutions to corruption and government solutions to greed and economy etc so they, it is hand in glove the 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 role that you guys have played and all those that that have come after you that have followed some of them not even knowing the the price that y'all have paid yeah. to to create a wake behind you and 
and the way that you've done it with such humility. I can go on and on, but I, if there's ever a documentary about y'all one day, I want to be on it because I want to clarity to the key role that y'all have played and Susie and many others that you've personally mm -hmm. entered. Well, well, let me add just a, a little bit on that, the Renaissance thing. It's, it's yes. good, everything you're saying there, Elizabeth, and with, with a quote in the scripture, and there's a quote from A.W. Tozer that I'm always saying, and he said, what you think about God is the most important thing about you. Mm -hmm. And that's something you have to chew on for a while. Not how much of the scripture you know, how much you pray, how much you fast. All of those things hopefully address that. But it's literally what comes to mind, your thoughts when you think about God. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing about you. And you'll see it'll affect everyone, what they believe. You'll actually gravitate to an eschatology based on your God view, not really on how you're perceiving scriptures. It's really a self-delusion that people uh, get something from scripture. They get something from their God view. And so if your God is tinier, then you have an eschatology that coordinates with that. If he's larger, uh, you adjust. If he's creative, if he's fun, if he's generous, your God view determines so many other things. And so why is this relevant? Because this really is what Renaissance is about. You know, revival is coming to life again. It's people getting saved. Could be people getting healed. It's good, however it's defined. But Renaissance is going now into a new knowledge. And it's going to a knowledge of God. So that takes us to the scripture, Habakkuk 2.14, the whole earth being filled with the knowledge of the glory of God mm. as the waters cover the sea. Not just the knowledge that he saves, but the nuanced knowledge of God. As we connect it to our seven, we won't say it's ours, but the seven mountain uh, uh, understanding. understanding of it. You know, God in government, God in education, uh, God that's generous and kind in, in the economy. You know, seven unique faces of God that are meant to be revealed into society. And of course, the, the music component and how that uh, connects, correlates and releases it, releases it all is huge. But that's to me what Renaissance is, what we, you know, I could obviously talk to you about another 30 minutes just on our book, Mountain by Na Mountain, how I was shown some snapshots of Renaissance. What will the new knowledge of education be? What will the new knowledge of uh, media and things like that? And again, it's just getting snapshots of, of things that were going on. But the goal of it all, the goal of Renaissance, if we just get down to one thing, is to raise the thoughts about God to raise the thoughts among humans about God because of some expression of his create his creativity, his generosity, his kindness, his goodness, his otherworldliness that is brought to uh, society. And just to add to Elizabeth on uh, on the potters, you know, we really were so so blessed by them. Never I don't think we ever had a chance to tell uh, uh, them and, and Don, you know, those songs. It, it was so amazing, those meetings, because it was like we're going on a journey. It wasn't checking off songs. It was a prophetic flow. It, and especially if Don was there, there was a beat he would get into and then a flow. And then it was come, 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 you know, whatever it is. And, <laughs> and then so many more good ones since then, but you know, nostalgic <laughs> about <laughs> I have decided yes. that song was our, we translated into Spanish. We took it down. We really went to prove God, you know, there's, we're, we're releasing a documentary. Uh, soon on Prue and how the Lord used us in allowing Prue to go from 90% extreme poverty to 2.4% extreme poverty. Wow. But the song, the guiding song everywhere we went with our teams was 
Uh, and again, we had it in Spanish. Right. I have decided I'm taking back my land. I'm, uh, I have decided I'm, I'm going to yeah. make a stand. Uh, the wow. far and no more. And so we were going into the land that we were born into. We are fifth generation ministers. My parents are the ones that really plowed there. And so we were going everywhere, releasing words of the Lord. And this is now going to be discovered here. This is now going to happen here and meeting with, you know, ultimately uh, yeah. many political officials, mayors and all that kind of stuff. So have very fond memory of what they released into the body of Christ. Again, fruit they don't even know of how that was kind of a guiding, a guiding sound. And it was left in Spanish and it went to many churches, the, the Spanish version. I think there's another one of his songs we did. I don't know if you remember, because you were the ones who sing it with, with the team. Yeah. But it was at least, E-decidido. That's how your song starts in Spanish. <laughs> or no. I have it right. It starts with E-decidido in Spanish. Amen. That's great. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is so awesome. Thank that you. That is awesome. That is so you're special, a fifth generation. Special. You're a fifth generation uh, minister. Third generation is the one that gets the good. The fifth gets the glory or the grace and the grace. Yeah. So you, you're up for some serious stuff coming your way. Amen. <laughs> well, more to spend on him. Well, thank you for prophesying. Would anything, <laughs> would anything good happen in Peru? I remember the reason I didn't want to be, I told Liz when we got married, I said, listen, I'm not going to do the pastor thing, not going to do the missionary thing, been there, done that, it's overrated. And, um, and so, of course, the Lord wants to hear what you're going to do while you call him Lord. And so those are the only things we've done our whole, our, our whole life. But one of it, I thought my dad worked too hard for too little fruit. And uh, even though, you know, it came around full circle because he was honored as the man who brought the things of the Holy Spirit to the nation, Peru. But when I started going and then meeting with political leaders and then I would say there's going to be a gold mine discovered here and it would be discovered shortly and then salt mine, silver mine, all these things. I was like, wow, what's happening? The Lord said, I just want you to know you're reaping where your dad sowed. Absolutely. If he didn't sow, you don't reap. And so I was like, OK, I got it. That was that was valuable service that he did. So I understand this generational yeah. improvement of blessings yeah. and glory that get released. It's amazing. Wow. So good. So wow. good. Glory means favorable opinion of man. Mm -hmm. So you're about to come into mm -hmm. a, the most favorable opinion of man you've ever had wow. uh, because it's the favorable opinion of God. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a good place to be. I uh, actually won't be out of it for the rest of your life. You'll be in it all your life. That's pretty good. I'll come stand next it. to you for a long period of time. Because <laughs> good stuff is always going to come your way. <laughs> I like that. We receive that. Yeah. yeah. It's good. It's very good. So when you look back in history and you see some Renaissance movements that were launched, um, just hearing you guys talk, I think of David who really launched something that had never happened before. They were quote unquote under the law. No one had ever gone beyond the veil unless you were a high priest before. And David says, Lord, I want the common man to be able to see your, your tangible glory. Yes. And the Bible says that that wasn't God's idea. That was David's idea, but David was God's idea. Mm. And so God said, absolutely. But the one requirement he had before he built a tabernacle with no veil was that you first have to go back to Gibeah, David, and sacrifice at Moses' tabernacle because mm -hmm. you can't bring in the new without honoring the old first. Mm -hmm. And so a prerequisite to the coming renaissance is to not trash what has happened before. Things don't have to be horrible for God to bring in something new. That's it. Jesus came, one of his most famous sayings uh, when he first came on the scene was, you've heard it said, 
But now I say to you, and that doesn't mean that the old was needed to be trashed in order to bring in something new. God's just doing something brand new, kind of like in the days of Noah. So shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. Think about it. Eight people entered the ark needing to be rescued from a global reset. And those same eight people exited the ark ready to start a brand new civilization. Literally, God is choosing a generation, a people, not of age, but of the spirit right now, who are ready to start a brand new civilization. Wow. Yes, that's good. That's wonderful, in fact. And I'm feeling like God's saying these things right now that, you know, I'm meeting people. I'm shaking people's hands who, like, I'll, I'll hear from the Lord as soon as I shake their hand. That's a Noah. One one guy from Morningstar, Nathan Plowman, as soon as I shook his hand, I knew God could use him to start a brand new civilization. One I met uh, recently with Restored 7, Chris K. As soon as I shook his hand, the Lord said, that's a Noah. Wow. And there are people, there are things I know that you guys have been teaching on for decades that now have more oil on them than ever before. God yeah, saved yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Right on. Yeah. That is good. That's good. Amazing. You find stuff that's probably happening uh, in your in your lives, uh, you know, your books that you write. Suddenly there's an increase of anointing on that with which has already been done and already been written based on your own life is why the anointing is tangible. It's alive. It isn't stuck on a record somewhere or stuck in a book. Uh, you can't force God into that, but you he will visit when that's being read based on your life, based on the writer's life or based on mm -hmm. the CD, based on the life of the person. Some when things last for long periods of time, it is because of that, the life of the person is still in a sacrifice to that to that very same God throughout all of that time. I noticed that something that was interesting to us, interesting to me when we, when you guys mentioned that the conference where the where the glory fell as a cloud on the stage. When we started that, I won't go into all the details it took to get started because I was under an amazing attack from the enemy. But um, that's why it started out with nothing but warfare. We went straight to warfare and played the song I have decided for just over two hours. Uh, and when the CD was made, it was edited down to 30 minutes. But, but I remember after about hour one and it wouldn't stop. It just wouldn't. People wouldn't stop and the song just wouldn't stop. I mm -hmm was asking the Lord, I said, this must be driving you crazy. We've been singing this, we've been playing this groove and singing this song, this same thing. We've been doing this for more than an hour. This must be making you nuts. And he said, actually, I've been enjoying the unity. This is the first time you guys have all been on the same page in a long time. I'm wow. not going to stop. <laughs> wow. so that's when he introduced me to the concept. Unless the body comes into a cadence that mm. From heaven, we will always be playing to the wrong drummer, uh, and and that right there, that changed everything I thought about how uh, it isn't about music; it's deeper than music. But everything I thought about how the kingdom operates, God has a time and a time code, is what I like to call mm -hmm. it. Uh, and he speaks that time code to those who can hear it. And we can set a cadence on earth that's in sync with his time code. Yes. Uh, and things start to move the way he intends them to move. And so, wow. I mean, we didn't we didn't do any of that stuff with the intentions of changing how worship was going to be in the world. But it certainly did change it. Um, and and I never saw so many people 
jump up and down and say, I want to worship God with all my might. I want to worship God with everything I got. And I was like, I hope you like that sound, Lord, because it's acting <laughs> like it's not going to stop. Said, I hope it doesn't. So I'm, That's looking, awesome. I'm well, looking at different things at this you know, specific time, but there is something resurfacing uh, that I can't quite put into to terminology or correct words at this point, but something is resurfacing that's underneath our feet and it is pulsating. It would be similar to what an earthquake might feel like, but it's a pulsate. It's a pulse rather than just a rumble. Uh, it is actually creating a time and a time signature. And I think it's, you, you could test your body. I, I think you're going to find that we are all pulsating to a specific time uh and that time is now it's on us now wow and there's nothing going to stop what god's up to at this point that's for sure so so as as we're talking about that like i i feel like there's a lot of um incredible amount of depth of what both all of you guys are talking about and i know that there's some people that are listening to this and they're saying oh man i really i'm really resonating i'm really resonating with this message and kind of the the wisdom of what's being said but they also want to know so what so what should my posture be how what should my behavior be so from a from a real practical standpoint when someone is hearing this and they're thinking about all of these things that you're talking about from a prophetic standpoint and they're thinking about what's to come and, and the coming renaissance like what should their action be or should there be an action what should their posture be uh, what would you guys say to those people that are that are thinking about that hmm. practical i mean I'm, everybody's got a probably a great answer for all of that i live in the practical world uh of which is sit in the I wait on God in the morning every day and and do a lot of singing and shouting and carrying on and crying and passing out. <laughs> so one of my favorites is just going to pass out. Um, and so one of the issues that we not we don't recognize to most of us. Um, I asked the Lord years ago, you know, what am I made for? What am I anointed to do? Oh God! And it took five years to get the answer. And finally, He answers and says, "I made you to commune with me." And I thought, well, that's dull. I, you know, I hate to sit around long hours and wait and do that kind of stuff. You know, I hate that. And the Lord said, yeah, I know you hate that. That's why you can play the guitar while you're waiting. And when I started to see that, he, does that mean I could do something that I love to do? Because I don't actually didn't realize that I love it because it was given to me to love. And in doing so, God will call that waiting. And so he does. I, I play for long hours. I can play. I can wait on God. And then he starts to talk. I've played for a while. He begins to move. And then he begins to, I call it overshadow. He just starts overshadowing me and overshadowing what I think and how I feel and everything about everything. Until I usually pass out. It's more than I can handle, you know, because it's it's too dense. But the, the great part of it is I'm not, I don't recommend everybody get a guitar and go home. But there is something in your life that you, you dearly love to do. Maybe paint, walk, maybe in the woods. Maybe you like to mow the lawn. I used to got my best songs on the lawnmower. And so start these things that have an intentional purpose. This is my waiting on God. Uh, he one time showed it to me, he said, if somebody's going to send you something in the mail and you go to the mailbox and it's not there, do you think it's never going to come? 
And I said, no, I'll go back tomorrow. He said, yeah, and you go back every day until it arrives. And the same thing is with God. We think we need to wait for days on end. Just go every day. Just yeah. every day. That's all. And make sure you're faithful to do that every day. And then when he does show up, he's like, whoa, whoa, this is big. And, and suddenly you could be knocked out on the floor. And so I just I I'm not sure that that's all for everybody, but. I think everybody's got something they like. If you don't, you know, get into the, you know, whatever, do something, do something you enjoy because I'm, I'm almost positive. You don't really enjoy anything. God enjoys it through you. Mm. That's essentially what all of us are is whatever you love to do. God's doing it through you. It's really mm -hmm. Christine like studies the dictionary. I, yeah. I read the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> awesome it helps me realize that things aren't always what i thought they were <laughs> oh, i'm so stuck in my ways <laughs> and i look it up in the dictionary and go uh-oh <laughs> oh, i didn't think I it really that. yeah he told me the other day hey did you know you're strong-willed i thought mm, i'm not thinking that sounds that good <laughs> uh, mostly misdirected <laughs> oh yeah so what would i say about having a renaissance Jesus help me. <laughs> oh, um, I would say, <laughs> don't be afraid of what you are. <laughs> it's too late. You already are it. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's good. I think for me, um, I think about myself all the time. You know that one. No, uh, but <laughs> it's important for us to um, recognize what's us and not us. Uh, from my I, I consider to be my ma main gifting is prophetic intercession and <clears throat> prophetic is difficult enough. And so is intercession. But when you marry those two, it's really tough. You, more than ever, you don't, it's difficult to discern what's you and what's not you and, and how to uh, live out your life uh, in that realm of, um, well, surrendering, you know, to me, my intercession is about total surrender to the Lord and, and but discerning and understanding what it looks like to outlive the desire of God uh, uh, as what he needs you to be daily and then incrementally, you know, along the way. And because uh, we are so used to imaging whatever we're looking at, uh, that adds to the confusion uh, mm -hmm. on our identity. And it also adds confusion to the intercession. And so. I'd say um, like the, some of the basics for prophetic is actually recognizing what you think and feel because those words of knowledge and stuff are going to come to you in many ways. I'd say that for um, a person who wants to become, really become the fullness of God's desire and design in, in, so that, that fresh, the freshness, the fresh breath of God can be released through your uniqueness, uh, then you've got to recognize the boundaries of his createdness for you. And you've got to recognize what's not you and what is you. And then you, you have to be willing to be the you that he's made you. Wow. That is wow. so good. Johnny yeah. and Elizabeth, same question. How do we posture and position ourselves for the coming Renaissance? That authenticity um, that you're speaking about and that you've lived out, Christine, is just so powerful. And it's our sweet spot 
it really is our sweet spot. This is the time to um, really surrender to who God created you to be. And it just so perfectly fits in with what Don was saying about just do something that you enjoy and allow God to enjoy it through you and with you. And in that place is where we, we meet with him and we behold him and then we re-image him into the earth, what we're looking at. And it really is that simple. It really is an overflow of a love affair and choosing to stay in love every day. We have a sign over our, just happens to be over our bed in our bedroom um, that says, it just says still in love. And <laughs> you know, we just take that as a reminder, like it really is, that's the core of it all is staying in love with him, staying in love with each other. And, um, finding that love and that joy in the midst of anything. This may seem a little like off topic, but I promise you it's not. We watched a movie last night that undid us in a good way. And it's called free Burma Rangers, free Burma Rangers. And it's a story of a, it's a documentary of a man um, named David and his family and their, missionaries but he's also a special forces guy and they show up on the front lines of war zones to this day and they just documented a lot of what they're doing but the, the theme through the whole thing is you know in my words is what what does love fully surrendered look like and bringing your family along with you in it and um you know i think what is at stake if we don't what I look at just, again, I'm, I know I'm like just singing y'all's praises here, but I think what would, what was at stake if Don hadn't said yes, when the father asked him, um, I'm no, I'm not saying this exactly how you said it in the book, but when he asked you to face the wall, mm. when he asked you to, to commune with him, as you said, and, and a lot was at stake, who knew the fruit that would come and, I'll just take advantage of this moment to say too, even before you said a few minutes ago, Don, about um, how you don't really have words yet for the whole pulsating thing that you're sensing that that cadence or time code. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like the Lord was speaking to me about you guys and that he's about to give y'all like a whole nother, um, an additional language to everything that he's given you language for in the past, like a new language is about to unfold mm. through you for our generation. And it's going to be powerful. I mean, so powerful because God is doing really profound things in all of our hearts right now that I don't think we have language for yet, but that is coming. And I, I believe y'all are, y'all are two of the, the mom and dads in the faith that, mm. that are going to, teach us some new language. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's amazing. Receive that. I receive that. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. That's it just confirm some of that. That's in, and I'll, I want to hear a Johnny. No, the, you Lord, the Lord uh, woke me up in the night. I was trying, I'm trying to pray for the church. I, I, I have a heart for the church, although I want to slap it sometimes. I still have a heart for it, uh, you know, and in, in that sense of the word, I mean that compassionately. But he woke me up one night and he said, and he just said, nomenclature. Uh, and 
I had to get a dictionary to figure out what that meant. Um, never realizing that he was saying, and he began to reveal, I'm building something that you're going to have to have a nomenclature to understand how it goes together because none of these parts and none of these components have ever been together before. Uh, and the assembly of them and the sequence of their assembly is really, is, is really key. So your, your, your word, uh, Elizabeth is absolutely wonderful. And thank you so much. Awesome. For that. awesome. Thanks. Well, just briefly, um, is, you know, for me, the Renaissance and, and posturing for Renaissance is posturing for a renewal of mind and, and thoughts about God. We're just going to yeah. go, go back to that higher, better, in some ways, more practical, um, thoughts about God. That's been the progressive reality the last 10 years for myself is realizing things he wanted to say and do that I just didn't have a previous grid for. And it connects to, you know, Joshua going to the promised land. The, the, the statement from the Lord was, you have not been this way before. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's part of the posturing for Renaissance mm -hmm. is understanding there's a story he wants to tell about himself. And there's a story he wants to reveal through his sons and daughters. And he's inviting us to be a part of it. It's hard to tell a story when you have a limited or dim view of God or you've, you know, you've been a Christian so long and you live by principles and you so got it down to God in a box that he can no longer show up in certain ways. And so Renaissance is going to be about blowing all our boxes and boxes mm -hmm. disappearing. And it's going to happen all across the spectrum of every area of society. Music's going to be obviously so key. The, uh, you know, the, the new sounds from heaven, uh, the new lyrics, the new stories being told through music is just, is just mm -hmm. amazing. But it's really about upgrading our thoughts to be more like him because out of upgraded yeah. thoughts comes all kinds of manifestations in practical ways on earth, things that change, change the world, things that wow. change the world. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's awesome. That is good. Very good. It's beautifully yeah. articulated. I'm on it. Yes, he's got <laughs> good stuff. <laughs> that's that's great. great. For Becky and myself and our team here at Eagle Mountain, a lot of that for us has been just hanging out with the right people and just making sure you're listening to the voices um, who are speaking life. Mm -hmm. And they are stretching your boundaries and also um, having close friends who know what God's called you to when you forget so that they can push you beyond the limits of your fear. Um, in the last days, that's what Bob Jones used to say uh, was that fear is going to be rampant. Uh, yeah. Hearts will fail them for fear, as the Bible says. And so how do we get over the fear and anxiety as the enemy tries to put on the spirit of limitations mm -hmm. and stop the Renaissance? Much, much like Hitler in the 1930s tried to hide all the paintings and the mm -hmm. art from the Renaissance in caves because he knew if he could take that spirit of creativity, he could capture a nation and even the world. And so um, it's super important that we're hanging out with people much like Mary and Elizabeth when they got close and, and the baby leaped. I want to be around those who make my baby leap. What I'm birthing um, needs to be jumping. And if it's not, when I'm around those people, then I probably need to get some new people who are challenging my comfort zone and making sure that the spirit of fear 
is off the body of Christ right now. And so I think there's just a ton of stretching that needs to happen. There's a ton of getting out of the comfort zone, allowing people to speak straight into your life. And if you don't have those people uh, and you're waiting for them to come, but you haven't been intentional to invite them into your life, then go be intentional. Let them speak into those places of your life so that you don't get into the comfort zone. And gosh, uh, I want to imagine anything that God can do right now. And when when uh, we've got this conference coming up called Imagine that we're doing with Don and Christine soon, yeah. and that is it. Imagine a mind renewed. And when the Trinity said, hey, let's imagine something in Genesis 1.26, they said, let us make man in our image, which being translated says, let us make man with all that we can imagine. Wow. That's great. Wonder what God does when he imagines something for a second. Mm. Look here. Wow. Talk about the brilliance and beauty of God creating something that has never been seen before. And, and we're it. But imagine thinking that. Uh, the way that God thinks about you. Pride, often people say, is, uh, you know, arrogance and those types of things. But we really uh, have come to see pride as having a different definition about yourself than God does. If you feel like your definition about you uh, is better than God's, then you're probably walking in arrogance, which means that if your definition isn't up to speed, with who God says about you, that's still arrogance. Mm -hmm. and so we need to make sure that we're agreeing with God's definition about ourselves. And Chris, this conference that's coming up May 28th and 29th, yep. tell us about that with the Potters. We're super excited for that. Yeah, so a, a couple things, you know, we, we talked about this in, in a past podcast, but it's just so relevant. We're talking about the Renaissance, and I, I know a lot of people may not know the full history, but there were many things that came together at one time that allowed that to happen. But one of them that was really critical was the Medici family knew and wanted to gather all of the greatest artists and thinkers together. So they brought all of those guys to Florence and then said, okay, go. They basically got them together. And because they were together, a lot of new things were birthed. A lot of new thinking was birthed. And so, um, you know, that in that period of time, that was a necessary thing. They didn't have the internet. They didn't have telephones. They didn't have Zoom calls. They didn't have podcasts like this. And so that, that being physically together was a requirement. And I think one of the things that we've been talking about recently, the past, you know, past year really is we see God doing something really different right now where he is everywhere at once. And he's kind of allowing us to start to experience that to some degree. Yeah. And there's this thinking that we've got to be in person for God to be able to work. And he's showing us that that's not how he works. That's not how he's ever worked. Right. And so one of the things I'm so excited about with the Imagine Conference is that we're able to see that expression come to life through the way we're delivering this. So there are a limited number of seats that will be in person. Uh, and if you have the opportunity to come to Bend, Oregon, to the Eagle Mountain um, Event Center and take part, uh, participate in that in person, definitely do that. It's going to be amazing. But we're also delivering this through an online platform and kind of an entire approach to delivering content um, digitally that is really not done 
at least in the church, um, very often or very well. This isn't just a camera in the back of the room. It's a full experience where people from literally all over the world will be able to come together, even though they're not together, and experience this two-day event with Donna Christine and Bobby and Becky hobby um and i'm really really excited about the opportunity so there's a link in the description if you don't see it there go to kingdomlearning.life and register but there should be a link in the description um click on that and register it is only 99 for in-person tickets and it is only 59 for digital and that either one both of those get you forever access to all of that content so even if you can't actually attend live it's all live even if you can't attend live, register anyway because you'll get forever access to that content. That content will be made available after the fact, but it'll probably be more expensive than that $99 or $59. So I would really encourage you uh, to do that. Yeah, thank you, Chris. We're super excited about this conference. And again, to put apostolic feet to prophetic hope. What does it actually mean to begin a renaissance or allow the Lord to use us. And some of that is a mess, right? Because we're walking off a map that's only appearing with every step of faith. So we know that God's doing that in you and in all those listening. That's why you're on the edge of your seat these days going, God, what is new? What is next? And we know that you're getting downloads. So Johnny and Elizabeth, we just want to thank you so much yeah. for joining us. Uh, and we love doing the same thing at the Rise Summit not too long ago with you guys. And we look forward to more of that. We just feel like we're a part of the family now. And so um, we're super excited for that. And Don and Christine, thanks so much to you. Yeah, it was our so honor. Well. Blessing. So, so great blessing to meet you guys. To meet you guys and yes. We need to get together and start some trouble. I think it would be just great. We do. We'll follow up soon. I believe we could do that. I <laughs> want to strongly provoke um, our audience to participate in this event. And we don't lightly say that. Um, I really feel like there's something um, catalytic and there's a convergence that's happening at that event. Um, I would not miss it. I'm not going to miss it. We're, we're definitely going to be watching and, um, it's, I don't have words for it. So maybe words that, that language will come at that event. <laughs> but, um, I, I feel like it's really weighty what's going to happen there and, and just don't miss it. Um, I could say that about the hobbies alone. I could say that about the potters alone, but putting these two couples together. I don't know how I missed last year's event. I didn't know of it, but I'm so glad I know of it this year. And the fact that it's your second one, it's going to be all the, all the uh, deeper. And so we'll be praying for you guys as y'all are, y'all are, you know, pouring out during that time. Thank you for letting us have just a little piece of, of encouraging people to, to be a part and, as I said, we'll follow up. We would love, we'd be so honored to have you on one of our podcasts soon. Well, I can just briefly say as well, yeah, that, that word that Dawn mentioned a while ago, pulsating, there really is something pulsating. Yeah. And it really is, there's something, the next version of it's coming around. And it's, it's like, it's not circling a, a mountain because that's staying on the same level, but it's if you, the next level up, Mm -hmm. And there is something totally pioneering of the anointing that's on the potters as well as uh, uh, Bobby. And, and so 
there is something, Bobby and Becky, there's something that's going to be uh, coming. There's something pulsating from the heart of God that's coming out. Really, yes. I, I don't know if you all got the picture there. That was that was birthed in Morningstar. Even that one mm-hmm. meeting that we're talking about where, yeah, two hours, I have decided I'm taking back, I'm taking new ground, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not just staying where I was. And I can just, I keep hearing that in the background right now. There's, there's right. some revisitation of that at the next level and, and don when he was talking about when you're talking about the book and how as your anointing goes up even old books come around you were it prophetically true i just told elizabeth i said we're selling better seven mountain prophecy now than 15 years ago when it first mm-hmm. uh the first, the first released it was well, 13 years officially when it came out but we we had it and so that book there's more hunger for it there's more on it and it's in more languages and going out but there's like more uh, more traction we have several multiple afterwards but there's more traction on that now and that really that was coming out in that whole environment uh, as well and there were things from that time period that is some of it's almost like it was a test run for something it was a run on its own but it was a test run for something that is now really about to kick in so i think y'all are going to connect to a real vein a pulsating vein of god uh connected to this coming uh, this being released now renaissance it's going to be amazing and i think it's connected to what we're birthing i believe we are birthing justice right now in in the nations and um that that's a that's a sobering thing but it's a it's also a celebration and there what's being birthed i think that's part of that pulsating that that y'all are going to be a a conduit for I don't want to miss that. And I think the timing <laughs> of it is so key to what is happening right now in the nations. Mm-hmm. Um, so how good of God to, to give you all the forethought to have it at this, this specific time at the end of the month. It's going to be really powerful. Yeah. Our hearts are there with you guys. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you so much. We're so delighted and excited about the very, something that happened at that conference and I uh, just for some reason feel impressed I need to share when the cloud appeared on the stage before it appeared on the stage I had all the recordings back in Nashville where I was mixing the the music for that uh, for that conference and before the cloud appeared on the stage all the microphones that were out in the audience started to rumble so much my equipment started to come apart in the studio because that cloud had passed over the top of all that worship before it stopped on the stage. And I was, and when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that was the Lord. He decided he was going to experience this all at the same time. Then I looked it up in scripture. A rising vapor is the word for prince, meaning I've accepted your sacrifice. Mm. Uh, and that's the word in Hebrew means a rising vapor. And so when I saw that, I said, oh, my goodness, what are we experiencing? And when the father absorbs the worship, that's called I'm inhabiting this praise. And I was like, oh, my goodness, God, let this be. Let this be what we're about to experience is the full inhabiting of us is our God. He inhabits Mm -hmm. us so that we no longer come to the, let me praise to draw God to me, but let me praise because that God's in me. And now Mm -hmm. he's expressing himself through us. That's Mm -hmm. what I'm so welcome to see. Wow. What, What the Lord said recently in regards to the election and all that we've been 
believing God for, he said, you've been asking for a landslide, but what I'm about to do will be called an avalanche. Uh, <laughs> just know that God is doing great things and we're not going to have the language to describe it. It's going to be, it's going to be over the top and to have this history of the things like we're talking about now with the glory of God showing up, that makes me know, wait, we've got a tangible marker. Yeah. We've got something we can pull on and say, Lord, what do you have in store for us? Things that eye has not seen nor ear has heard, but he has shown it to us by his spirit. I know those of you watching, you are on the edge of your seat in the spirit. You are imagining God and all that hope deferred is being wiped away right now. Mm -hmm. And God uh, is taking away the fear because if, you know, fear just causes us to sort of cycle around and we, and, and we recreate instead of co-create. And so God's just like, hey, instead of you just going around and cycling, let's step on into things that maybe you haven't thought of before. Let's get past some of these fears and step into the glory. I once heard Don not too long ago teach on Psalm 139 and where it says, um, I am fearfully and wonderfully made this my soul knows very well. He broke it down and said something like, I am made to be feared is what that really means. Wow. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so this is the hour where you're going to find out who you really are. And I just want to thank everyone for joining us on this podcast. Thank you so much to Johnny and Elizabeth again, Don and yeah. Christine. And yeah. we're so excited here at Eagle Mountain and Kingdom Learning to be partnering with you both for some things that are fresh for what God's yeah. speaking Come to on. you and your vision. We love you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. And we are out of time. But again, just to echo what Bobby's saying, thank you for pouring into this. It's just so um, whenever we have either of you guys on, it's just so it's so much depth and so much wisdom and yeah. just really feel blessed to be able to do that. So thank you for spending some time with us. If you guys have not registered and you're listening to this, take some time and do that. As, as Elizabeth and Johnny mentioned, it's not something that you want to miss. So if you have any questions, definitely let us know and we will see you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank Bye. you.